going to lift up verses this week, verses 17 through 25.
I am available unto you. It's in the matchless, marvelous, majestic, and mighty name of Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. Can you clap your hands and shout hallelujah? Then the disciples took him by the night or by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. I want to preach today from this subject as the Lord will lead and it may not make sense until maybe the end. I want to preach from this subject a basket case. A basket case. Tell somebody beside your neighbor. Neighbor. You may not know it. You may not know it. But tell them I'm a basket case. But I'm a basket case. Amen. Clap your hands like you believe God. Want to deal with a few things today, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna consolidate. But I want to deal with a few things by introduction. I'm gonna introduction is going to be about repentance. Repentance, and I literally only have about 30 minutes, but we're going to talk a little bit about repentance, uh, the reality of, the requirement to, and the reward from repentance. The reality of repentance, the requirement to repent, the reward from repentance. And then the body of the text uh, will kind of flow in the same way that it's been flowing for the past two weeks talking about um, conversion but then we want to deal with the power obviously the power of conversion the price of conversion that seems to be a theme in chapter 9 but then we're going to see something shift at the end and we're going to talk about the protection so the power the price the protection everybody say the power the, power, the price, the price. The protection. the protection. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody else and tell them a basket case. A basket case. Uh, repentance. What is this thing called repentance? Repentance. It has to be something serious because we're required to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Repent from sins. Be baptized. Uh, repent, repent. The Bible said that there is a, uh, a gentleman who's almost monastic by the name of John out in the wilderness uh -huh. yeah. whose father was a priest, which means he was next in line to become priest. But he became a renegade and said, I'm sick of this. There's a little video out on YouTube with a little boy that was trying to give a speech and they gave him the mic and he just said, I'm tired of this church. <laughs> That's John the Baptist. <laughs> He's tired of it. I don't want to be in this systematic religious system. I know that I'm supposed to be priest junior, little Zachariah junior. My father was dumb because he spoke against what God was going to do. Y'all remember that? Elizabeth was barren. Uh, Zechariah, the priest, uh, the angel of the Lord came to him 
at them and told them you're going to have a son and he starts to ask how, how, how can this be? My wife is barren and God says before you mess up your own future. <laughs> before you mess up before you mess up your own destiny, let me shut your mouth. Tell somebody to tell them, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, when God had to just shut my mouth, shut me down, make me be quiet, just, just, just shut my mouth for me. And Zachariah, the Bible said he was dumb until after John was born. And so him being a priest, John was next in line, but John did not feel the calling of God to be a priest. There's something different that's in me. I know what my daddy wants me to be, but there's something different in me. I know what everybody else wants me to be, but I cannot be put in a box. The Lord sent somebody here today, Evangelist Dorothy, just to remind you that you're too anointed to be boxed in. You're too anointed to be boxed in. Because when you are anointed, you're considered strange. <laughs> you, 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 see, you see, when you're anointed, people really can't define you. They can't define you. You can't define. At best, you can do is describe me. But you can't define me because whoever can define you can confine you. I wish I had a church in here now. If you can define me, then you can confine me. And I refuse. Look at somebody and tell them I refuse to be boxed in. And John went out in the wilderness eating uh, uh, honey and, and, and locusts. Looking like a vagabond. He didn't have no hair comb, no hair brush, didn't have no perm, no relaxer. Y'all didn't say that. <laughs> didn't have no creamy crack. That's what they call it. <laughs> Nothing. He, his hair was everywhere. He, he, he wore fur. And, and, and this man comes, he is the son of a priest. But he had one message, Elder Richardson. One message, and that one message was repent. Mm -hmm. Repent. Every time you find John, repent, repent. He was an orator. Now, just because he was looking at that, we, we're not discrediting his ability to be uh, an orator. He was an orator. He, he had the, he, he's a second generation preacher, so he could talk. But he's out there saying repent, 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 repent. And he did so. Because repentance was so paramount and it's always a forerunner to the acceptance and the reception of Christ. The Bible said that John was the forerunner of Christ. And what was John's message? Repentance. You can't receive Christ until you repent. You listen because you you don't waste your time trying to get folk to love God who ain't repenting. They don't want because the scripture says he that comes to God must first believe that he is. Ain't no need in you arguing in the barbershop, arguing in the grocery store, 
going back and forth with your cousin Pookie and Ray Ray. Ain't no need of you going back and forth with them. If they don't believe and repent, they will never receive them. And we're not preaching blind faith here, but there's some stuff you just got to believe. It's not going to make intellectual sense. You just got to believe it. It's called presuppositions. I presuppose if I drink poison, I'm going to die. I ain't never drunk poison, but I have a presupposition that if I put a loaded gun to my head and pull the trigger, I'm going to die. I've never done it, but it's presupposition. And so you have to um, embrace God with presuppositions that I believe. I don't know how a virgin gave birth, but I believe. Come on. I don't, I don't know how a man stepped out of nothing and created everything, but I believe. You can, if you can believe in love, you can believe in God. When people ask me, well, prove God's existence and where did God come from? I ask him, Do, are you in love? Yes, I love my wife. Well, if you can prove to me where love came from, then I can prove to you where God come from. Because there's some stuff that you can't explain. You just got to know. You got to just know what you know, that you know how you know. Because it's a prerequisite for receiving Jesus. It's a prerequisite for receiving his blessings and his favor. Tell your neighbor that repentance is a prerequisite to receiving God's blessings. What is it? Let me give you a few words. Let me deal etymologically just for a few moments and we'll move a little deeper as the Lord will lead. Uh, so, so repentance is the... Uh, uh, the Greek word uh, mitano, mitano, obviously where we get the English word mental or mentality because repentance is more than a declaration. Repentance requires, watch this, a decision. Lord, I'm going to get in trouble now, Sister Bobby. God knows I am. Y'all put my coattail because I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care how much oil I put on you. Lord, I was I don't care how much I lay hands on you, how much I shock up a tire. You know. <laughs> I don't care how much we jerk and jabbering, fall out and everything. Until you decide to come out of what you're in and repent, you're going to stay in there. Yes, sir. And Thanks, hallelujah. Paul. Amen. I don't I, I I would hope that you all that you all think that I'm a righteous man and that my wife is a righteous woman. But I don't care how much we try to get it off you. If you don't listen, I can't get off you what you keep putting on you. Oh, Lord, I wish to have a church here now. It literally means to change your mind and change your direction. Brother John, it literally means to make a U-turn. Go in, you, you go in the, you go in a different direction. So repentance is I'm headed this way. <coughs> and I realize that what I'm headed to ain't right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn and go in a different direction. Uh -huh. I mean, you, 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 
might as well tell somebody and tell them this is not a 360. Tell them this is a 180. Because the problem is the enemy wants us, I don't have time, church, but the enemy wants us to keep going in circles. He wants you to keep doing a 380, going in circles. Lord, I ain't ever going to do this no more. Two weeks later, you find yourself right back in that same predicament. Lord, I'm tired of this. I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm, this is not profitable. I'm, Lord, if you get me out of this, Lord God. You know, we done done all this. Lord, if you just get me out of it this time, I ain't ever going to do it. And then the Lord make a big old way of escape for you, but you keep going in circles. Y'all ain't going to help me preach here. Cycles. Cycles. That's exactly what it is. It's a cycle going in circles. I'm telling you, the enemy wants you to keep doing the 360, but God said, I'm trying to bring you into deliverance and give you a 180 where you go in a complete different direction. You don't end up at the same spot, but you go in a different way. Shake somebody's hand and tell them, I thank God that he allows you turns. I was on Franklin the other day and I had passed my car wash and I was like, okay, let me get to the light and let me turn around and go back to my car wash, Brother Sharon. And and as sure as my name is Johnny Brown and I'm standing here today, that there was a big old sign up there that says U-turns uh, are not allowed. I said the devil is a liar. So I had to go, I had to go all the way, but see the devil's not gonna steal my joy. So what I did was I went into the I went into the um to the, the fast food restaurant. And I said, this is not a U-turn. So I, I turned right in there and then I came out and went the other way. You see? <laughs> you got to figure out how to do this. Because I couldn't make a U-turn at the light. But you ain't going to stop me from going in the direction where I need to go. But I'm glad God is not like Franklin. That God allows U-turns. You can repent. You can turn around. And when you repent, it's over. No, because some of the church is playing, Brother Sanders. You talk about you repenting. You ain't repenting because when you repent, you don't repeat. Well, I, I wish I had a church that my, my time is going, though. My time is going. Did you hear what I said? I said when you repent, you don't repeat. When you really repent from something, it's over, it's finished. You are going in a complete different direction. Now, you may ask God to forgive you, and then you fall back in it again. But when you really repent from it, it's over. You ain't going back. I was asking about an idiot that's repenting from something. That's about I repented from drinking. I ain't never drunk another day in my life. I repented from drugs. I never picked it up another day in my life. Come on here. I repented from it and I never repeated it again. Because real repentance, mental note, means to change your mind. My whole mind is changed. My whole mind is changed. Because in order for you to sin comfortably, that, that means that you have now made excuses in your mind. You should hear the conversation of people that I talk to committing adultery. You should hear the conversation. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, Brian, you, 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 you're an educated man, okay? And, you know, Western civilization is the only place where monogamy is, is right. And I'm looking at them. I want to tell them, you better stop playing before you go to hell. <laughs> That's what I want to say. 
Because I really want you to, but I can't look at him and tell him that. Well, so you better stop playing with God when you bust hell wide open. You know? But 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 you know I don't say that. So so I, I but it's just it never ceases to amaze me how that mentality you have now made an excuse in your mind. Well, well, you know, smoking weed is a, it's a herb. God put it on the earth. It's natural, and so is poisonous mushrooms. Come on. <laughs> so so are poisonous mushrooms. Come on. Amen. And even even if that is the case, I don't care where it's legal everywhere else. It ain't legal in North Carolina. Making excuses. Everybody gotta get. Everybody gotta scratch their itch every once in a while. Making you rationalize. But when you repent, it means that your mind, your mind has been changed. Your mentality has been shifted. Mental or mental. There's a mental adjustment that you realize, no, 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 I'm not wasting no more time in foolishness. Repentance. And so what do we, when we repent, now there's a difference. The Bible says godly sorrow. Godly sorrow brings one into repentance. And so, so just because you 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 are sorry for me, it doesn't mean that you fully repented from it. That's your conscience speaking to you. That's conviction. But you have to graduate to the place where you allow that sorrow to bring you into repentance. Now, if you don't allow that sorrow, that godly sorrow, to bring you into repentance, then you get another re, and what that's called is a reprobate or reprobate. So that means that if you stop feeling sorry, if you can just, Lord, y'all gonna talk to me, if you can just sleep with a married woman and not feel any kind of way, that's a problem. If you can just lie and cheat and steal and don't feel no kind of way, that is a, I mean, you don't feel nothing. I mean, you don't feel, you don't feel no sense of nothing. That's Romans 1 right there. You know, you, 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 you are reprobate and, 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 and you really need, you really need to, uh, to get, do your first works, the Bible says, over again. But my God, uh, the, the, the thing about it is whenever you sin, you ought to feel convicted. I'm spending too much time. I got, I got somewhere to go. I got somewhere to go, church. I put you You ought to feel convicted at least. No, no, I'm not talking about condemned. Tell your neighbor not condemned. The Bible said there's therefore now no condemnation. But 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 you ought to at least feel convicted, like Lord, I shouldn't have done that. And so the scripture says uh, Solomon is uh, rather David tells Solomon that a just man is going to fall. He can fall seven times, but then he gets back up again. Seven is perfection or completion. And that means that you're going to continue to fall into that mess until you allow God to perfect that which concerns you. And then you get up and say, I repent. And so I'm not going to repeat another thing in my life like that. And that's when you get up. Because you fall seven times, but eight means new beginnings. So tell your neighbor, my eighth is a new beginning. Come on. Oh, I was at a church here now. 
God got it out of me. Hallelujah. I'm glad. I'm free from it. I was out there acting a fool, acting crazy, doing what I thought I was bad enough to do. But I'm glad I reached my seventh fall and I repented for my sins. Hallelujah. And my whole mind has been changed. Repentance. When you repeat, repent. Everybody say, when I repent, I will not repeat. That's the reality. That's the reality of repentance. Amen. And the requirement of repentance is literally, literally uh, to have a complete mind change. Make a decision. Make a decision. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who lays hands on you, who prays for you, who counsels you, who tells you not to do this, not to do that, not to say that until you decide. Good God Almighty. Until you decide, mentally, in your mind, I'm gonna stop answering the phone. Amen. Lights. Amen, dove in the stained class windows because the church ain't talking with it. Until you decide you're not going to answer the phone. Until you decide that you're not going to respond to the text message. That's uh -huh. what, I'm, just a, I'm just a nice person. Well, okay, be nice if you want to. <laughs> be nice if you want to and find yourself nicely in sin. Hmm? Because if something's going to be broken, there has to be some confrontation. Don't call me no more. Y'all ain't going to help me preach. Don't text me no more. Come on. What, what was done is done and it's over, but my mind has been changed. And I love you and I'm going to pray for you. But every time you come around, it reminds me of my old unredeemed nature. And guess what? My relationship with God is too valuable to me for me to be stuck in something. I find your neighbor and tell him my mind has been changed. Okay, scoot up and talk to me, church. Because you know you're free from sin when you're free to sin but still don't do it. Y'all ain't gonna help me. Y'all ain't gonna help me preach. I said, you know you free from sin when you free to sin and still don't do it. What you talking about, Pastor? When the preacher ain't around, when the church folk ain't around, when the mothers ain't around, when the evangelists ain't around, but you have made a decision in your mind that this ain't about the church, this is about my life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing here. This ain't, about, this ain't about the church. This ain't about pleasing the pastor. This ain't about pleasing about nobody in the church. This is about my life and pleasing God. So 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm still going to say God is good. Y'all ain't saying that. 1 a.m. in the morning, I'm still going to say, nah, you can't come over here. Netflix and chill. The devil is a liar. Netflix and chill. Repentance. So, God will never require, because of course repentance is requirement, so God will never re require anything. This is a principle of the kingdom of God. God will never require you to do anything that there's not a reward that comes after. Woo! God! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm trying not to get too happy right now. Thank you, God. I have to do this. 
There's a reward. There's a reward. So here is the reward for or that comes from repentance. Acts chapter 3 and verse 20. Uh, I believe it's 3 and 20. Amen. Maybe, yeah, 3 and 19. He says, he says, repent ye therefore, that's the requirement, and be converted. Watch this. So there's repentance and then there's conversion. Conversion comes after repentance. Be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Reward number one. Your sins will be blotted out. Okay, y'all, I, I, I thought I would get a little, I thought I would get a little more happy church on the fact that your sins have been blotted out. Woo! Glory to God. Come on here. Tell your neighbor, matter of fact, just look up over your head and just do this right here. Just do this right here. Ask him, say, what you doing? What you doing? Tell them I'm dramatizing the fact that ain't nothing over my head no more. Come on. Under my feet. Oh God. Jesus. So blotted out is 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 a laundering term or a fuller's term in scripture. Uh, that there's a spot on your shirt. I was uh, driving yesterday and I spilled coffee on my shirt. Okay. I did, and I was bound up. But okay. If y'all know me, y'all know who was defeated. <laughs> I was bound up. I spilled coffee on my shirt. It was a stain on my shirt. But thanks be unto God, I have what you call shout in my car. <laughs> and so what I had to do, Elder Richardson, is I had to shout it out. Come on in this church today. Hallelujah. I had to shout it out. Because what I did was I just started, I sprayed it and I started blocking it. I just, you know, you put it, it's almost like you, you're beating that stain because those chemicals that's in that, that in that coffee stain, I just started before it got settled in. Come on, church. Before I, it got settled in and I started looking like a fool. Y'all know, because a big old coffee stain on a white shirt will make you look crazy. So before it was able to set in and I'm looking crazy, thanks be unto God that he blotted my sins out. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And I had a spot on me. I made a mistake. I dropped coffee. But by the time it was for me to get to my destination, I didn't look like what I had been through. And nobody knew that I had spilled coffee on my white shirt because my stain was blotted out. Screw up and talk to me because that's exactly what God did for you. Come on. I'm going to tell your neighbor, you wouldn't know it if I didn't tell you. Because he blotted it out. And that's why I praise him like I praise him. That's why I dance like I dance. That's why I glorify him. Because he blotted my sins out. And I don't look like the mess that I did. Jesus. So when people come to me with stuff from my past, I tell them, blot it. Thank you, Lord. 
They took I, I, I remember when you used to do bloody. Thank you, Lord. I remember John, you know Johnny Brown used to plot it. Because the reality is you can stay in my past if you want to. Come on here, but I got somewhere to go. And listen, if any man be in Christ, he is new. All right, let me look at my time. All right, let me let me look at let me let me Lord help. All right, let me let me uh, rush this on, church. Amen. So he said, "Let me finish this. Repent, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out." Watch this. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That's right. Repent. Yeah. You converted. Your sins will be blotted out, and there's a promise that that I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh you. Yes. Lord have mercy, Jeremy. With your Eminem, there's a there's a refresh. There is a refresh that's coming. Touch your neighbor and tell him that's what God did in my life. Come on, tell him God pressed the refresh button in my life. See, y'all don't see now just working together. You know when your computer is 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 stalling. Come on, church. When, when, when your computer is stalling and you can't move with your computer, all you gotta do sometimes is press the refresh button. And God says the reason why I want you to get yourself together is so that when I refresh you, you don't keep your old screen how you used to be. Y'all they say, ain't nobody trying to embarrass you. Ain't nobody trying to put you on front street. We just want you to get yourself together so when God refresh you, you can have a clean slate. Somebody came today because the Lord has given you another chance. Come on. And he's refreshed your screen. So now that he's refreshed you and he's cleaned that thing, whatever you do, don't go back. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Don't you go back. Don't you go back to it. Don't let the devil trick you. Don't let the devil be able to trace you. You let God press that refresh button and it's a brand new screen. Come on. Somebody just shut it down your road, refreshed. Come on, I used to be an alcoholic, but refreshed. Used to be on drugs, but refreshed. Be a, a fornicator, but refreshed. Homosexual, but refreshed. Liar, but refreshed. And, and, and so, brothers and sisters, he, he, here is the deal. The, the, this is this is the deal and the backdrop of, of 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 Saul's conversion, because the people were having a problem, Sister Adams. They were having a problem receiving Saul, uh -huh, uh -huh. the church folk. Yeah. yeah. They were having a problem, Mother Hazel. Because this man had been killing them. And so they did not understand at the beginning the power of repentance. That his whole mind has changed. He's going in a new direction. Have you ever dealt with somebody who just could not believe that you were really changed? 
Ricky. Malo. They just couldn't. They, they just couldn't believe it, brother Jackson. No, mm -mm, no. And they start saying stuff like this. Give him, give him about a month. But God, give, give her about a month. She, she'll be back. She'll be back. She'll be back. They could not digest. I'm talking about the church that is preaching repentance, that is celebrating repentance, that's talking about the power of God. The church is still in their minds holding and harboring the issues that Saul had in his unredeemed state. I'm talking about the church folk. They couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't want to receive it. So what they're doing is they're still trying to put him and confine him into a proverbial box of a Christian killer. But this man has been changed because he's had an encounter with God. He, he got thrown off his horse. He's blind. The man could not see anything. He's blind for three days. He's not eating. He's fasting. Watch this. And, and on the other end, on the other end, God has been dealing with Ananias, who is a disciple there in Damascus. God is dealing with Ananias. And Ananias' job was to give him apostolic impartation. Brother Shepherd, that was the job. Lay hands on him and impart in him apostolic covering and to be his covering and to be his pastor. I'm going to say something that's probably raunchy, ratchet, maybe considered ratchet and rugged. But but I've got to do it because I've been I've been I've been paying attention to all of the division and all of the stuff that's going on in the body of Christ concerning one gentleman by the name of Kanye West. And uh, I've been seeing all of this how he's been uh, brought into churches and he's been um, um, ministering through song and, and giving messages and so forth and so on. And uh, I, I thought about it and, 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 and I, I don't have anything against the man's message. I believe that his message is good. He's actually saying good things. When I looked at his message, his message is good. I have no problem with his message. I have no issues with what he's saying. But as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a classically trained preacher as well, my issue is, who's your pastor? No, no, because, because, because if you have been converted, who can testify of your conversion? Okay, y'all don't hear me. Be, be, because the church is the only place that if somebody says Jesus one time, we're going to drop everything and say, oh, he's one of us now. See, y'all don't like this. And I don't want y'all to be fooled by any wind or any doctrine that just because somebody crying Jesus and this and that about God, that they are, they've been born again. I'm not doubting if you've been born again. I just have one question. Who's your pastor? Who's there that was able to validate your conversion? Am 
God, I praise you right now. Tell somebody near you and tell them God's going to let you see in a whole nother level in this season of your life. Just tell them that. The scales are coming off of your eye. You're going to be able to see clearly. This isn't just, this isn't just physically, but this is, this is spiritually as well. He was able to see clearly. World, all that foolishness, all that sin, all that mess was blocking his eyes, and God said, Let me let me remove that scale so that you can see in a whole nother level. Not only can I see people for who they are, but I can see me for who I am. Y'all ain't saying the Bible said that once Isaiah has a visitation, Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am undone. I know you can get everybody else straight, but my question is, are you able to see yourself? Come on. Tell the neighbor, tell them scales have been dropping off. I'm able to look through stuff and see people that everybody has thrown away. I'm able to look at them and say, there's an anointing in that little boy. Come on. There's an anointing in her. Child, if I were you, I'd stop fooling around with that boy. Stop. I'd give up on her. No, no, no. I can't give up on him because the scales have been off my eyes and I see something in them that if God can root, y'all ain't saying nothing here. Scales drop, the Bible says. Scales drop off of his eyes. The Bible said he's now baptized. He goes through the, that process of baptism, legitimizing him. And when he received me, because he'd been fasting, he ate. The Bible said that, that, that he got strength. But then after that, he sits and he gets teaching. This is the scripture said that, that, that he spent certain days with the disciples that were at Damascus. He starts to get teaching. Let me, let me tutor you. Let me train you. I don't know where we get this notion from that all you need is Holy Ghost and anointing. You need teaching as well. No, we don't like teaching now. Uh-uh. We want, we want, my God, we want, we want you to prophesy to us, lay hands on us, stir up the gift. No, no, no. You need teaching. I mean, fundamental teaching, rudimental teaching. How do you know you're saved? What does salvation look like? Before we get into the deep stuff about gifts and prophecies and demonology and end time and all that stuff, let's get to the fundamental. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the belief in Jesus Christ as Lord. Let's get teaching. How do you conduct yourself? Come on here. I'm talking about basic stuff. I never, I, I'm talking about this, this, this is how you conduct yourself. This is how you carry yourself in the house of God. And my fear is, Lord, I'm on my soapbox. But Elder, Elder, uh, Elder Rhonda, my fear is when I look at this generation or, or my generation, I'm, I'm still a part of it, uh, relatively. My generation, the issue is you got a whole lot of gifted people with no teaching. No teaching. And you're out here making a mockery. Come on. And everybody running to your gifts, but you ain't got no teaching. You can't sit still long enough to be taught anything. And so, and so, 
Saul, who is educated, now, now outside of it, he's educated. Yeah. The man is educated. He, he just graduated law school. Educated. But outside of all of that, he needs to be taught the things of the spirit. Come on. You need to be taught this stuff. Get some impartation. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I thank God for teaching. Preaching is good. Come on. Come on. All of that excitement is good. But there needs to be teaching line upon line, precept upon precept. Come on. He started. And after he gets through being taught, Bible said he starts preaching. He doesn't preach until he's taught. He, he's taught and he begins to preach Christ in the synagogue that he is the son of God. Yeah. Bible said that the, the church folk are amazed and they start saying in this he that destroyed them which, which called on the Lord in Jerusalem. And, and, and they're trying to vet him. Y'all, Lord, my time is really gone. But they're trying to vet him as if he has to prove something to somebody. As if he has to prove to them. Come on here. But shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, I don't have to prove nothing to nobody. Tell them I know what God has done for me. See, the thing about it is uh, Saul is not in the business of trying to prove that he is anointed. Because he, let me free some of you up today as I close. Uh, that, that, that this season is over for you trying to prove to people. Uh, trying to make somebody believe that you've been changed. Uh, trying to make somebody believe that you've been called to God. Trying to show folk this and show folk that. No, no, tell your neighbor that season is over. I don't have to prove nothing to anybody. All I've got to do is stay true to my assignment. And if I do what God told me to do, it's going to all work together. If they don't believe me, it's alright. I'm going to stay right there. Because eventually, after a while and by and by, you may not like me, but you have to respect the anointing. The anointing is going to make the difference. The anointing is going to show folk that there's something different about you. I don't need a title. I don't need a position. I don't need a plaque. I don't need a parking spot. You ain't got to call my name. You ain't got to sit me up in the pulpit. I don't have to have on no big turnaround collar, no big ring or no cross in my pocket. Tell your neighbor I know who I am. Tell them uh, because of the things that I survived. Let's just go. Tell them I know who I am. Shake your neighbor by the hand because I'm over time. And tell them because of the things that tried to kill me and did not kill me. Tell them I, I, I must be anointed. They're talking about Saul, but he's kept on preaching. Yes, sir, they're vetting him, but he kept on preaching. They're bringing up his past, but he kept on preaching. They're murmuring about him, but he kept on preaching. I remember when you were just a little boy, but he kept on preaching. I remember when you used to do this and you used to do that, and, but he kept on preaching. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell him a charge to keep our hand God to glorify. That's why I'm here, Desmond. I'm here to glorify God. Every song that I sing is to glorify God. Every sermon that I preach is to glorify God. Every prayer that 
Drunk, but I made it out. 
everyone can change. And don't allow anybody to make you put you in a place where you have to prove. Or you feel the need to prove. You are who God said you are. And Saul, I'm telling you that if you know you've been changed, you are at liberty to walk with your head on that. That ain't me no more. Scales are off. I can see clearly. I can see people clearly. I can see myself clearly. And I'm able to handle revelation. 